Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people, present Raise the Roof every fourth Wednesday of the month. We advocate for affordable, secure and appropriate housing. So listen up every fourth Wednesday from 6 to 6.30 on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, that's right. Welcome to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. Uh, my name's Shane. I'm going to be with you for the next half an hour. Thanks very much to Renegade Economist for the show. Uh, late last year at HAG, we were happy to give uh, the second HAG Life membership to Carmel McMenon, who had been a member of the organisation for a very long time, but also uh, even longer had she been a, a big advocate and activist around public housing, uh, especially in Broadmeadows where she'd lived. Um, very sadly, we learned in February that Carmel had passed away. Uh, so today I thought I'd invite in Jeff and April, who are two of the people at HAG who'd known her the longest, um, to talk a little bit about her memory and what she's meant to the organisation. Um, so thanks very much for joining us today, um, April and Jeff. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, Shane. Um, so maybe just start out telling us how you first um, got to know Carmel. Yeah, well, um, I was very lucky to work in Broadmeadows for a number of years, and when I first came across Carmel since um, the mid-19... or early 1990s, really... And um, just got to know Carmel initially because she was one of those people, her house was on the corner of the street next to the main shopping area. And uh, so there were a few people who I got to know very quickly who were, as you would might describe, some originals of Broadmeadows. Um, and we had also, unfortunately, seen the passing recently of Jack Roper. Um, so in Broadmeadows on the corner of uh, near Olsen Place you had uh, Carmel lives on one corner and Jack Roper lived on the other <laughs> corner and you couldn't walk down the street without finding them out there talking to people or talking to each other um, and it wasn't just idle gossip about no. who's done what or anything like that this was about how is our community going what are the issues that are concerning people what do we need to do about it um, they were just salt of the earth, earth people of Broadie, and um, Carmel taught me an enormous amount um, from from those very early days. She was someone who, um, as I say, is an original Broadie person. She moved out there to a brand new uh, housing commission house that was just a shell, a concrete shell, basically. That she w- moved in with her family, um, and Carmel had experience before that with her husband Kevin. Um, living in very precarious housing before that, living in rooming houses as a family. Um, she knew people who'd lived in Camp Pell, so people who'd lived in the shanty towns. And so th- being offered a housing commission place in Broadmeadows was their big opportunity to have their own home mm. with their family in a new community in Broadmeadows. And 
Carmel sort of carried that pride of Broadmeadows through ever since those early days. Mm. And while people have knocked Broadmeadows for many years, um, for a whole range of really ridiculous reasons, Carmel has always been there defending her community and supporting its development mm. over that time. So uh, I've got a lot to thank Carmel for personally for um, for helping me um, be part of that Broadmeadows community, I suppose, when I was a tenant worker on the public mm. housing estate out there. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just going to get you to... And Jeff, when you were talk- talking about the early days that Carmel used to tell us about, about her and Kevin and the kids settling in Broadmeadows and that, you know, great opportunity, as you said, to have a home of their own and till and Carmel's passing a couple of weeks ago still was her home then. So um, we're talking over 60 years, so... Um, a real part of that community. But when we, um, Carmel and I attended Jack Roper's funeral and there were just some wonderful stories there about how all of those people had moved there um, as um, young young married couples, I suppose, with, with children or had a few children by, by that time. And what really stood out was their, um, how they actually built not just that Broadmeadows community but particularly their neighbourhoods. And there were just lovely stories about the, um, from the kids themselves, so all adults now in their, in their 60s and 50s and 60s, just telling stories about, you know, being out in summer nights or playing cricket in the street, going to Arnie Carmel's for, to get icy poles and yeah. vice versa with the, with the Ropers and a number of other people that they... They mentioned, and as you were saying, just had the best interests of developing um, Broadmeadows um, in terms of facilities. There was lots of discussion about how um, they all got together, particularly to get kindergartens funded, some of the, particularly the mm. health um, the health services as well, which um, uh, Karma was involved in for, for many, many, many years. But they, they realised if they were to get anything done, then they actually had to band together to, to get that and, on, mm. and on the basis that they deserved it as well. Yep. Um, so it was really touching to, to hear about, even though it was mm. a struggle, but how they actually achieved it and continued... Um, on with the struggle right through to to their lives until the end of their lives um, to to make sure that, you know, things for, you know, working class people and then, as we know, the public housing system works on a priority housing system, but people actually have the services that they they need and deserve. Mm. And one of the great things too about Carmel was there wasn't any grandstanding about what she did. not at all. I must admit feeling even a bit surprised when I when I did talk to Kamal one day just to get an idea of exactly all the things that she was involved in in her local community. And there were just... I knew that she'd had involvement with these organisations, but I didn't realise the, uh, the extent of the time that she'd uh, provided service to them mm-hmm. and uh, just how she'd maintained contact with um, these organisations over such a long period of time. So she was... Um, a member of the Broadmeadows Progress Association. Um, she was a member of the Broadmeadows Community Legal Centre Management mm. Committee um, and, the, as we know, the Glen Meadows Public Tenants Association, um, another or- organisation called Recovery, about mental, a mental health support agency, the Broadmeadows Residence Advisory Team, the Broadmeadows Re- Neighbourhood Renewal Project, um, and all of these organisations, or most of them, she was involved for decades yeah. and never grandstanding, mm-hmm. never, you know, she was never known as, um, you know, being the, the head of anything in particular, but she was just always involved. Always there, always working. Yeah, and, and making sure that, um, that 
those organisations were working in the best interests of yeah. people. Mm. It was never about the individual doing it. It was about the people it was supposed to be serving. Yes. And uh, so that was, she was very unassuming in yeah. lots of ways in terms of that. Mm. But, um, but her participation was consistent and really appreciated by those organisations. Yeah, and prolific as well. One of the things that happened at, um, at Carmel's funeral, and often happens again with adult children, <laughs> is that um, one of Carmel, I think it was Carmel's son, Shane, actually said to me, my goodness, we had no idea that mum knew so many people and mum was involved in so many groups. And, mm. you know, we'd talk on the phone and she'd say, oh, I went off to whatever meeting today. And he said, but we had no <laughs> idea of um, her contribution. And, and he said, and then the, the awards that she actually had at home um, that she had received over the years. He said suddenly made sense in terms of... <laughs> I don't know what they thought they'd been looking at, but like all adult children, she mm. says, because I've got adult children, um, that just think your mum's off doing something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, there were... Um, yeah, p- particularly those organisations made sure that they sent people along to the funeral. So that was a really fitting tribute mm. to Carmel. And yeah. Yeah, real real sadness at, at her passing because, you know, people were saying, um, how are we going to do this now and, you know, mm. what are, what's going to happen now that Carmel's not here to, to help yep. us? So there was that real feeling of a, of a loss within a community. Yep. Yep. And with the, the association we have with Carmel mm. more directly with her uh, membership of the Glen Meadows Public Tenants yeah. Group that was really important um, and I will forever admire the work that Carmel did at that time because she stood up against great opposition mm. at one point where um, there was actually uh, very strong um, allegations of corruption within government at the time and that Carmel stood up against that mm. where she was actually uh, in the firing line herself and had the courage of her convictions to speak out against injustice at mm. the time and she did have support from some people, but Carmel was the one who had to lead the charge and mm. and speak up on behalf of people who were being disenfranchised at the time. And it was fundamentally about um, the rights of public tenants to have a voice yeah. that Carmel fought for. And it's important to understand how difficult, what how challenging that must have been mm. for her as a tenant at the time and to put her own, you know, she would have at least felt that her own housing yep. was at jeopardy by taking a stand as she did. Mm-hmm. But it, she was so uh, strong in her convictions that nothing would stop her yeah. from doing that. And she wasn't the sort of person that spoke publicly very easily either, mm-hmm. but she did that willingly mm-hmm. at the time because of because of her beliefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't think of her enough for for what she did during that during that time yeah. yeah i thought it was interesting that you were both describing her as unassuming which obviously in, in a lot of ways was true but you certainly wouldn't have wanted to be on the wrong side no. of her. <laughs> yeah that's a really good point shane that um she, uh, she was the first person who would always ensure that people would treated respectfully yeah and she had a big issue about the culture of the staff of the mm. ministry of housing or housing commission or mm. office of housing to make sure that they uh, were respectful of particularly of older people, mm. and uh, she would always give them a lecture about how, you know, that old thing that um, they're only employed there because of the rents that tenants pay, and that's the money that actually employs these people, and they should understand that 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 they must be respectful of tenants at all times. And she would continually lecture them about that and make sure that they did yeah. hold those sorts of positions. And Carmel was always the one in particularly public tenant union meetings. 
um, whenever the tenor groups got together through the Housing Council, of always taking it up to the Director of Housing. When, and that's in the days when they used to come to, to meetings with us. But Carmel was the one that was always taking them up up about particularly the, the issue around contractors, apart from mm. their own staff, yep. but contractors ripping off the off the system. And, Jeff, you were part of a really big investigation, not at, out at Broadmeadows, but at Braybrook, um, yep. and that following through. But Carmel's thing was about also making sure that, that as you say, weren't, um, you know, there wasn't that... Uh, you know, fraud that w- that was going on, but also that people were safe in their own homes from mm. contractors. And she was really the one mm. that introduced the identification of contractors yeah. and a policy and a process that the Ministry of Housing had to adopt around that. And I yeah. see that as, as you know, Carmel's yeah. one of Carmel's legacies, apart from all the other yeah. um, policies that she was involved in. And changes um, to the on-site rent collection right. as well, yeah. which was another area yeah. where there was, was rife yeah. for abuse by... Mm. Certain yes. people who used to go on to us. People a, used to pay in cash down the corner of the road in those <laughs> days. Yeah, they'd have a little, sometimes a little <laughs> on-site uh, shed. shed kind of thing where they were collecting rents. And, yeah, there were some worrying um, yeah. things that happened during those times. And, yeah, Carmel was always vocal about yeah. ensuring that things were above board there. Yeah. Mm. And that's a good thing about being the eyes and ears of a community, that, you know, you actually know that. But, Jeff, when you're talking about the tenant group, um, and when that investigation was happening, one of my most vivid memories of, of Carmel was the occupation of the Broadmeadows area office. And I think that this is how it must have worked, that you had rung around to, to get numbers in there, that you were going as a group to occupy, occupy the office, take it up to... Um, and this was about the funding being threatened as well, so you may not have had the funding to continue on. And Carmel just staring the area manager in in the face and yeah. saying, "You will negotiate this. We will keep our funding." And just being so brave because and that, we're not going to leave this office until <laughs> you do it. And my thing about her being so brave is um, because Jeff and I started working with tenant groups with um, a lot of people that had been tenants from the original housing commission. So I was I was working in South Melbourne, and some of the people in our our tenant group were those original occupants of of the high rise. So very fearful of the commission as well. I mean, in, on the estate that I worked on in the foyer of the high rise, it actually said no more than two people to congregate hmm. at any one time, and that was about making sure that people didn't organise. So you didn't have there there were no qualms that they they were really quite vicious if you got on the wrong side of them. Um, that it ended up the inquiry not only into the land deals but how people were getting house because there was rife, corruption was rife throughout the um, commission. That's why it then changed to the Ministry of Housing. But for, the, for Carmel and those women of, of her ilk to stand up, as you say, when their housing um, yeah. was at risk, um, was just the most extraordinary brave thing and one of the big lessons that I've learnt um, you know, from Carmel and other women like Joan, um, Maxwell and Denise, you were over at um, Preston all those years about yeah. standing standing up and looking them in the eye. <laughs> and then we've talked about yeah. um, having a special show or certainly yes. with dedication with our newsletter about the amazing women yes. connected to Housing for the Aged Action Group. Yeah. And um, as you say, Carmel was one of those amazing women. And yeah. I hate to say that we're losing an era of those women, but it's true. It is true. Those women who are now uh, have passed away in the last ten years or so, mm. and those that are some that are still in their well into their eighties, getting towards ninety, mm. who have been through the Great Depression, mm. um, at least as children and and older, uh, who've had to fight for everything, 
who've been strong uh, supporters of unions mm. and the rights of workers. So, and I guess the connection of people like Carmel with others like Molly Hadfield, mm. who've worked on various campaigns through their lives, depending on their age and the situation they're in at the time, and that, okay, they're, they're older now, so mm. they're going to campaign around issues that affect older people, but mm. it's they would just be involved in anything and everything. Yeah. Um, I particularly remember um, a couple of amazing things we did as a group at Housing for the Aged Action Group involved in Carmel where one thing in particular is we did a road trip and we travelled by bus, minibus, a group of us. There was um, Margaret O'Callaghan and Molly and Carmel and two or three workers from HAG and we travelled all the way across to the Wimmera and met with community groups all the way and then travelled up through the, the Mallee and went to one place called... Um, uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it now, um, Patchewallock, where there was a, a, a population of 20 people and we met with half the township there and we were taking on board the housing issues they had. They really needed a bush nursing hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a bush nursing hospital. They wanted housing to be built around it so mm-hmm. the community could stay alive. And Carmel and Molly and Margaret just engaged with these people so strongly they became really good friends through just this one meeting. And then we took their issues back to Melbourne and met with the minister at the time to, to lobby on behalf of these people in Patchewallock. And Carmel was also from country Victoria mm. originally, so she had a strong sense of the needs of people from rural and regional Victoria. Mm. And so I think she just really associated so strongly with these people sitting around, having afternoon tea, just having a good chat about what your life's like, what are the problems you're experiencing mm. and what can we do about it. Mm. So um, so that road trip went over about four or five days. We went to the Mir- Wimmera, up through the Mallee, up to Mildura, uh, stayed with family of hers up there, and then we came back down through the cent- central Victoria. But um, work. Carmel was just, yeah, with those other two women, Margaret and Molly, we didn't have to do anything. They just they just went to work and and connected with with each of these uh, communities so strongly. And um, that that's was one of the great things yeah. about working at Hag when you yeah. were with people like that. Yeah, and what I I find with those women as well, Jeff, was that um, and and again, particularly Carmel giving out our cards to everyone and it. it anyone and everyone wherever she went so if they had any housing problem but though those women actually never forgot what it was like to to be young women with children and the struggle that women and children always have and so they never they never um differentiated between well you're not eligible for hag um, because you you are younger, they made sure, and you got these calls too. You and I, yeah. they made sure that Carmel made sure that people rang us, and she always made sure that we were following them up and trying to help in whatever way that we could, even though they weren't eligible for our service. Because like us, it was it was the view we're all in this together, and housing has you know no demographic um, you know boundaries. People, if you're in housing trouble, you're in housing trouble, and you actually need um, help. And so I really admire. Um, Carmel and 
and women like that, and Joan does the same, and Denise does the, does the yeah. same, and not saying, oh, well, you know, you're young, get on with it, and, yeah. you know, you're better off now than we ever were, because, we, you know, you hear that so much about young women now. Yeah. Um, so mm. that's a, one of their strengths as well. Yep. Even on, um, even from the funeral, we did you know, <laughs> a phone call come through <laughs> from someone who was speaking to someone who said, oh, we should c- contact you because we need some housing help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Her legacy will, will live, yeah. on, 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 yeah. on, live on, I'm sure. Yeah, and um, any worker at HAG that actually said to, that was brave enough, or obviously didn't know, that said to said to come along. I'm sorry, they're not eligible for our service because they're too young. Soon found out yeah. um, what we were supposed to be on on about, and yeah, That's immediately right. moved that. So it's a it's a lovely memory I have. Yeah. yeah. And, and April, as Shane was saying before, that um, Carl was made a life member last year, yeah. and that's only the second person who's mm-hmm. been made a life member of of HAG. Um, we now have a third, Francis Swan, yeah. but uh, Molly Hadfield was the the only person yeah. to be given life membership of our organisation mm-hmm. up till that point. So it shows the esteem that in which Carl yeah. was held. And so it? lovely that we. I mean, so fortunate that we had been able to do that at that time. And Carmel was so happy. Like, it was, we got really lovely photos of Carmel smiling, and yeah. which yeah. isn't very often because Carmel <laughs> can be a very serious woman. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there were some really lovely photos. She, so I'm glad that we were able to, yes. to do that, recognise her work. Yes, Carmel would often say, and another thing, Jeff, yeah. and another thing. <laughs> well, I thought in her passing that I'd never hear her say, now, Jeff. <laughs> but that's all I ever hear. Now, Jeff. Or, or then when she was really, if, if, another if you thing were, that, Another thing they yes, should be doing. Yes. Or then yeah. when she was thought that, um, that you were racing off somewhere and that she really needed to get you, she said, now, Jeffrey, I need to tell you. It was like, oh, well, you better sit down now. <laughs> yes, we, that's right. The very stern voice would come, come in and uh, you, if you would have to listen. Yeah, and I think yeah, that was another great thing about Carmel that also Molly had, and that was how how essential it is to be completely respectful of older yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And Carmel would come into our office and just to check out the temperature of the place and yeah. to see whether we were changing at all, whether we yeah. were still providing our services in that in that very community family friendly sort of way, and. Sometimes she would get a little bit worried that we're becoming a bit too professionalised and <laughs> she'd tick us off and say, oh, it wasn't quite so good last time I came in. And and so we would debrief in the mm. office about that. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we just need people like that to keep yeah. our feet on the ground mm. yeah. all the time. And, yeah. and, uh, and how Mo- people... Molly used to do the same yes, thing. Molly right. would often uh, come into the office and she, if we had people in the waiting room, she'd sit down with that person and talk to them. And within... You know, she might talk to them for half an hour mm. and then end up getting their whole life story mm-hmm. and having a really good chat about the old days or something like that. Mm. And it meant that pe- these people coming in under great housing stress often, f- you know, at the end felt really comfortable being in our organisation. Yeah. And yeah. that it's really what we've always tried to promote, isn't it? And how, how you, uh, you don't do one, you can't, sorry, not don't, but you can't do one without out the other because yeah. you've got to do the systemic and the political stuff to be able to do, yeah. do the service delivery. And, uh, yeah. and it was a great, um, 
Uh, great uh, level of for, for us, particularly delivering the delivering the housing services as well. In yeah. particularly, you know, workers learning how you actually relate to to people just in a you know very ordinary common sense conversation way. It's yeah. uh, you know providing housing to people. There's not enough of it, yeah. but how we actually do it and run our service is in a complicated way. No. We 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 don't put obstacles in people's paths, and we do have you know um, women like Molly and Carmel to to thank for that. Yeah. You know, otherwise they, as you said about the profession, they. Say Oh, get over yourself! Yeah, you know, that's right. <laughs> you, you're, you're not the people with the power here. You know, it's, and again, yeah. we are in in this yeah. all together. You yeah. know, you're um, being paid by yes, us absolutely. to provide that service. Be yeah. respectful. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the, the big. And I lesson. think it's one of the things that um, people, you know, people newer to the organisation, like Shane. It's been a really long time. You've been here a number of years, but the 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 thing that people really like about working at Hag. So yeah, yeah. I think it works well. Look, I'm sorry to say that we're almost out of time. Are there any sort of last recollections or reflections that you wanted to... I just have one in terms of policy legacy Mm -hmm. um, that Carmel and a number of other women in particular, going back, must be, what, more than 25 years ago now, um, Jeff, is really strong about people not being forced on to to move once their families had moved out. So your home is your home. Um, It's none of this underutilisation bullshit stuff. Your people do live in their home and use it. So I I think that, um, you know, and Carmel was very, very strong on that, Um, not only in Broadmeadows, but across the state of Victoria. So that, that I see that as one of her strongest um, legacies that we're living with today, that yeah. people aren't forced on. Yep, and if I could say, um, again, similar to Molly, Carmel was a great record keeper. Yes. Mm. And I have got boxes of stuff <laughs> from Carmel that um, understanding being uh, getting older, she wanted to make sure that that information was passed on to future generations. Yeah. So we'll make sure that that, yeah. that information is kept with within the organisation and available to people. We're almost out of time, so we're just going to hear a couple of community announcements and then we'll finish up with a song. Um, before we go, uh, you know, in the spirit of looking to, to help everyone in the ways that Carmel would have wanted us to, um, get in touch with the organisation, please. If we can help you out, if you're an older person uh, with a housing problem, uh, you know, whether it's in private rental or retirement village, whatever it might be, um, give us a call, or public housing, of course. Public tenants, very welcome. Uh, our number is 9654 7389 uh, or you can get in onto our website, uh, oldertenants.org.au, or you can find us on Facebook, um, just the Housing for the Aged Action Group page. Uh, please do get in touch if you're interested or you know supporting some of our policy work, whatever it might be. Um, like I say, we are uh, almost out of time, so just a couple of announcements, and then we're going to hear a song. Uh, the song is called Stand Up by No Fixed Address. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Tamil Voice is up next, and see you next month. Bye. you got to remember, Nainop's a special day for us, fellas. That's a reminder who we are. Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3CR Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars. Australia's only live prison broadcast. I am a black, black man. NAIDOC means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present. NAIDOC means a lot to me for my family and my people. And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcasts via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcast. Happy NAIDOC! 
Unemployed? Underemployed? Receiving Social Security? Getting bullied, penalised or harassed by your job agent or Centrelink? The Australian Unemployed Workers Union is for you. You have rights. Find out more or get involved by going to our website on unemployedworkersunion.com or by calling our National Advocacy Hotline on 03 83 94 52 66. It's time to fight back. A 3CR supporter. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Next song's called Stand Up. <laughs> 